Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Charlie Matz, filling in for Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, March 27th, 2021. Keep your eye on the ball, a command I would hear often, especially after swinging for a strike in Little League. It's nearly impossible to be a good hitter in baseball without obeying this one simple rule. Hitting a baseball requires concentration and a singular focus on the task at hand. Without that extreme focus, you're certainly going to strike out a lot. As we'll see from today's passages in pretty much the entirety of the Bible, it's impossible to live the Christian life without a singular focus on God. We must focus on God, His Word, and His commands in such a singular way that the world doesn't distract us, causing us to strike out in sin. There's a pretty clear pattern throughout Scripture. If you keep your eyes fixed on the Lord, then you will have long life and it will go well with you. And if you get distracted and wander off away from the commands of the Lord, you will experience God's discipline and the consequences of sin. So a good question to ask ourselves today is this, are we focused on the Lord in such a way that it doesn't allow for distractions to take our eyes off of him for any reason? Or are we caught up in conversations, thoughts, and desires that may result in a proverbial strikeout? Let's start in the Old Testament today in Deuteronomy 4 and 5. Starting in our passage, uh, we see in verses 1 and 2, It starts, and now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you, and do them that you may live, and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. Moses wants them to know and obey God's commands. He unpacks the positives, what happens when you do obey God's commands, He also unpacks some negatives, what happens when you don't obey God's commands. And then in verse 7, he says, For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us, whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? What a great reminder for us today, amidst all that can distract us. It would do good for us to keep our eyes on this truth that God is available whenever we call upon him as a child of God. And we have our Bible that serves to protect us from sinning. It hems us in, safely keeping us from the temptation of the enemy and our flesh. Then Moses goes on reminding the Israelites not to forget what God has done, telling them not to worship idols. And in verse 35, it says, to you, it was shown that you might Know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides him. Sometimes as you explain who God is to another person, they might say something like this. Oh, I can't serve a God like that. Well, you can lovingly remind them that unfortunately for them, there isn't another one to choose from. To you, it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides him. Then in chapter 5, Moses lays out the Ten Commandments. Uh, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall make no idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. What's important to note is this. If you obey the first commandment, it's much easier to obey the rest. That's why it's so important to keep our focus on God above all else, staying focused on who he is, how good he is, how greatly he has loved us and what he expects from us. Then in verse 32 and 33, 
it, it, we have another great reminder for us to stay focused, keeping our eye on the ball, so to speak. You shall be careful, therefore, to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you. Why, you ask? He says that you may live and that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land that you shall possess. I'm so grateful that God doesn't make things complicated. Yes, at times the Christian life may seem difficult as we bear the burden of being aligned with the enemy who runs the evil systems of this world, not to mention our flesh. But the Christian life is always pretty simple. God has laid out for us what his expectations are and how to meet them through his strength. And perhaps today on this Saturday, you can take a moment to truly evaluate how blessed you are to be a child of God and how grateful you are that God has made following him simple. And although it can be hard, he has offered his strength to overcome all things. Now moving into the Psalms, Psalm 38, 17 through 22. I think the conclusion of this Psalm is a great reminder of how important it is to keep our focus on the Lord, regardless of our circumstances. The Psalmist lists off a few things that are apparent problems. He says, I'm in pain. I feel the weight of my sin. There are people who oppose me. There are people who say that what I'm doing is evil, even though what I'm doing is good. And what's the solution the Psalmist provides? Call on God for help and look to him for salvation and praise God that he has given us a way to him through prayer, through our high priest in Jesus Christ. Maybe though, this is a good reminder to evaluate what your knee jerk reaction is to difficult situations. Do you immediately go into fix it mode thinking of all the ways you can reduce the pain, make yourself feel emotionally better, fight back against the people who oppose you or debate those who are blinded by sin? Or is your knee jerk reaction to pray, to go to the God of your salvation? All the more as this world grows darker, we must rely on God through prayer. When you go to the doctor, they they hit your knee with that mallet thing to test your reflexes. And as a Christian, when God allows you to the world to bump into you and bump against you, your spiritual reflexes are tested. And what is your first response? Do you immediately go to God in prayer? And if not, why? Ultimately, that does need to be our response because God is the only one who can ultimately reduce our pain. Now in the gospels in Matthew 25, one through 13, here we learn about the parable of the 10 virgins. It starts out, then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. Now these lamps were like torches and they were soaked in oil, which was required for them to remain lit. Jesus goes on to explain that they all get tired and they all sleep. And at midnight, it's announced that the bridegroom was arriving. The bridegroom here is clearly Christ, and this is his return. And then we read, starting in verse 7, Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. Now, it's possible that this is a comment on the fact that no one can prepare for someone else when it comes to the return of Christ. Each individual must repent and put their trust in Christ and then ultimately obey him as we'll learn in the next parable. And so the five virgins without oil, they go to buy some more oil. And by the time they get back, the door to the marriage feast is shut. And then those locked out say, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. 
Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Now, this passage is very similar to those that Jesus is speaking to in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Depart, for I never knew you. And you might be asking then, well, how do I prepare then? I need to know how to prepare. Well, of course, first we repent and put our trust in Christ. That's the ultimate preparation to be even reconciled to the God that this is speaking of. We are called to prepare as a disciple as well for Christ's return. And the next parable, which I noted, which Pastor Ben will cover on Monday, will give some insight into this idea of preparation as a disciple of Christ. The five virgins that didn't have enough oil certainly didn't keep their eye on the ball. It's not fully explained why or how they were distracted, but clearly they did not prepare well for the time that they knew was coming. And praise God that we know what's coming and praise God that he has told us how to prepare. And perhaps a good question for us to ask ourselves today is this, is there anything in our lives that is holding us back from a complete focus on the Lord and what he's asked us to do? with the time he's given us on this earth. What could we do more of that would be an incredible kingdom investment for going this life for the next? And what could we do less of helping us to avoid the distractions and the temptations of this world, making sure that we leave nothing on the field to use another timeless sports analogy. Now in our New Testament reading for today in Acts 28, one through 16, Paul and his crew are settled safely on land after they're shipwrecked. And they learn that this land is called Malta. And we read that the natives were kind and they built them a fire. And then in an unusual turn of events, Paul gets bitten by a viper on his hand. And you got to love the reaction of the natives here. First, they say to each other, no doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. But... Paul shakes off the snake and goes back to his business with no ill effects. And after this, they, you know, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. And so these, these men ultimately are kind of flip-flopping based on the circumstances, based on um, really the way that they see the world. And this is a good reminder of just how much a Christian worldview helps to reduce confusion surrounding extraordinary events. We know who God is, and we filter all of life's circumstances through his word, taking into consideration his character. We don't need to read the tea leaves, as it were. We don't need to read the stars. We don't need to read the horoscopes. We need to read our Bible. Now, after this incident, Paul helps to heal the chief man of the island's father and many other people. And then in the last verse of our passage, it says, they also honored us greatly. And when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. Now, we can gain from this that Paul and the rest of the guests on the island, they must have been loving and gracious during their time on the land. And I believe in the Christian life, that's a symptom of keeping our eye on the ball. We don't have to worry about being provided for because we know that God is the provider. We don't need to treat others poorly to get what we want. And we don't need to trample on the cultural traditions of others to help them see the love of Christ and share the gospel with them. We can trust that God will work through uh, their hearts and on their hearts by using the Holy Spirit and not our personal manipulation. And so a good question to ask, is there a person or group of people that God has put into your life to share the gospel with? I pray that each of us would confidently do so in love and respect, trusting God the entire time. When we keep our eye on the ball in the Christian life, it means that we keep our eyes on scripture more than anything else. And we talk to God in prayer far more than we use our mouths for anything else. And I pray that this weekend and every day of your life moving forward, that nothing will take your eyes off of Christ, that you will anticipate the day of his return and respond accordingly. When a batter keeps his eye on the ball, he hears that beautiful sound of the crack of the bat as he connects with the ball. 
When a Christian keeps his eye on the ball, he hears, well done, good and faithful servant. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. It was a pleasure and an honor to fill in for Ben Blakey, who will be back on Monday. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.